All right, Tim Blanchard Shapiro, Divorce 661 Daily Perspective, Episode 14. Back with you this Wednesday to talk about clients I helped, judgments we uh, took care of for clients, uh, issues clients are having, and just let you know overall what I do on a daily basis. So let's get into it. Today was pretty busy uh, for a Wednesday. Usually I reserve this day for drafting settlement agreements, which uh, we had a ton uh, to do. Um, today I, I worked on three separate Santa Clarita settlement agreements. Santa Clara, they want a marital settlement agreement format versus the using of the forms. If you watch my videos, you know I'm talking about using the forms. For some reason, they don't like that. So we have to just comply with what they want. So we have a specific template just for Santa Clara because they do things so differently than every other county. I actually have a judgment reject sheet I've created just for Santa Clara because they do so many things different. In fact, I'm going to do a video talking about all the nuances with Santa Clara County because if you're following my videos trying to do your own divorce, the, they might set you up for failure because Santa Clara is so different. Most of the counties, 50-odd, whoever counties we have in California, are are 99% the same. Santa Clara, Kern County, and a few other outliers are a little bit different. But yeah, worked on uh, several um, settlement agreements for Santa Clara today. Um, some are easier. Some people have a lot of assets. Some don't have many. Some take longer to prepare. Some don't have any. My fees are the same regardless. I never know what I'm getting into when I when people sign up for my service, um, but it all evens out in the end. A couple of things I want to talk about as well. We had an Orange County judgment approval, and I always like to talk about the timelines. Uh, they're still running three months. I want to say that's an improvement. The last one we got back a few weeks ago was, I think, on the four-month mark. And one thing to note on that is, I think I told you in yesterday's daily perspective that we're we're um, reaching out to courts as far as the child support reserve jurisdiction versus non-guideline order. And this judgment was approved with reserve jurisdiction, meaning no child support. And we're not having to turn the income and expense declarations in, which most people don't want to because it has a lot of financial data on there. So now I have that as a note for all our Orange County clients out there. If you, um, whether you want child support or not, we're not having to turn in the income and expense declarations there. So that's good. Um, we started a new divorce case for a San Diego client. I think that's two for the week for San Diego. So we'll be helping them out. Um, one was a judgment prep. One had, one had already started their case and filed and served, and we're just about to do the response and, and get into that process. And we saved them that fee on the response. And then the other clients in San Diego are brand new. So we'll be starting them off uh, from scratch. Uh, took over another case for clients out of, uh, out of the Pasadena court. They had actually filed and responded, which is fine. Doesn't ma mean it's wrong. It's just that uh, probably a wasted fee because they are still living together and they're amicable. And But the good news on that is they don't have to wait the 30 days, even though it's an older case in 2022. But if it was a newer case, you wouldn't have had to wait. Uh, so there's a benefit to responding sometimes. And uh, but because the, their time's up as soon because the response was filed, they don't need a notary. And I know you uh, hear me talk about that a lot. In fact, the client from Santa Clara uh, that hired me today um, or maybe yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Um, she specifically said, you know, the response is filed, so we don't need a notary. And I think why she was asking is because she was out of country and she probably watched the videos that say you need a notary for from a uh, consulate, which is a total pain. So filing the response is definitely a way of getting out of that. Plus, they had a short-term marriage anyways. It wouldn't have been a big deal. Um, okay, yeah, busy drafting settlements all day. Uh, I'm going to do a 
separate long form video just on Santa Clara. Um, I think I talked about that already. Um, okay, next subject. You can't have an agreement on a true default case. And I, in fact, I've had, how many judgments did I have approved today? I had an Alameda County case approved. I think I skipped over that. The, Alam the Alameda County took three months. No, I talked about that. Um, Orange County took three months. So th that's about the norm, except for Ventura, they're six months. Um, LA is still on track. We're still getting them done in five weeks. But uh, default, um, true defaults, you can't have an agreement. So I had someone hire me to take over their case, and they had a settlement agreement attached, but it wasn't signed by the other party, and they're trying to submit that to court. And that's just not going to fly. If you have either have an agreement and a, or with that you know, default with agreement, or you have a true default, meaning no agreement. So I've, I've seen that a few times uh, this year where people are trying to turn, they say, hey, we're in agreement, but he's not signing or participating or she. And so you can't do that. You cannot have a uh, agreement with a default. Um, if you're in agreement, I'm gonna, and this is my last topic, I'm keeping today's short and sweet because I get back to work. But if you're, if you're in agreement, don't put your assets on the petition and don't complete the the uh, schedule of assets and debts. I'm sorry, not the schedule of assets and debts, but the property declarations that you file with the court. This goes back to a client that hired me yesterday. They filed their case. They attached the property declarations, tons of assets. And then not only did they do that, which it's, it's not wrong to do, but why would you give that to the court when they don't require it? Then they wanted to update it and they filed them again separately, not attached to anything, just filed them separately. So not required. Um, I, had, I had a gentleman ask me today, hey, I have, have a bunch of guns. Do I have to list those? And in my opinion, they are an asset, but also in my opinion, and I said, I'll let them make the call, is do you want that on a settlement agreement that's public record and people know you have guns? Coming, going down, you know, going back to listing assets and debts on, on your settlement agreements when we turn in your judgment, we never list, list full account numbers. We never list values. Um, it's very basic information the court needs. They just need to identify the asset or debt. So if there's a dispute in the future, you can go back to court and say, I was supposed to get XYZ account. And they can go look, reference the settlement agreement and say, oh yeah, it says that, you know, account number one, two, three, four was your responsibility or your asset and vice versa. It doesn't matter the value unless you are going to have a certain amount of money going to one spouse from that asset. That or you know otherwise, if it's going to be an equal division, then we'll just say fifty percent of anything we can do to, you know, keep your identity safe. And I, I lied. I'm going to talk about one more topic. It might get me in trouble with the courts, but there's a uh, FL191. I forgot. I just forgot the name of it. But a client asked, "Hey Tim, it says on the judgment 180 that we need to turn in this uh, child support registry registration form. I think it's called something like that. FL191, I believe." And while it says that it's required within 10 days of the judgment, I've never had a court ask for that, maybe one or two. But I think we filed one or two in 10, 11 years I've been doing this. I don't think that that court should be allowed to have that information. Social security numbers for you, your spouse, and your children. Date of births for you, your spouse, and your children. Where you work, employer address, phone numbers, uh, you and your spouse, driver's license number, state of, of residency. I mean, it has, with that, I think I think the only thing it's not asking for is your mother's maiden name. Uh, what else do you need to open a, a credit in uh, in your name with this form? So I don't recommend you do it. Um, if the court, you know, 
says, you know, calls him up, says, Hey, we got to turn this in then we'll have to do it. But you know, I haven't turned them in 11 years. Hasn't been an issue. I don't think they should have that information. So if you're watching this on that, you turn it in, I think you're, uh, you're at risk of having your identity stolen. So anyways, hope you enjoyed uh, daily perspective episode 14 day in the life of an LDA. Talk to you tomorrow.